Welcome to Passion Fruits, the passion project for passionate people. I'm your, the Cranberries, Daniel. Oh, and I'm your elderberry, Adam. <laughs> Very nice. So Adam, elderberry, Adam, what do we do on this podcast? Ah, Daniel. Well, on this podcast, we talk about what takes someone from being a casual fan to a passionate fanatic. And the subject of our conversations can span many, many things. So we've, we've mm-hmm. discussed, you know, multiple music bands. We've discussed bike riding. We've discussed. We've had a pro cyclist. Design. We did have we've a pro a, cyclist on. We've um, had a pro video game designer on. Yeah. Yeah. This should be Adam, profe- professional passion fruits is our new yeah. name for the podcast. <laughs> Are we professionals in anything, Adam? Would you say you're a pro in anything? I'm a professional baller. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'll be honest. I did not know that about you. <laughs> Wait, what? It's on my resume. So uh, it's, oh, on, it's, my, it's my byline on LinkedIn. Adam Harris, tech marketer and professional baller. Of course. Um, I get many Only interviews your... that way. Many, many interviews. Right. And we have most, to interview this baller. Exactly. And mostly it's people asking about the baller part, not the marketing part. Right. Who, who knew? Anyways, a, <laughs> damn it! I hate that. Anyways, <laughs> it's part of Daniel. Daniel, it's part of our. It's part of our our, our shtick. You know, for Can the we... for the billions of listeners out there that we have, it, you know, they expect some sort of uh, co- cohesion and continuity among our episodes. You know, Can it's we just break that shtick. Let's find no, a new shtick. No, we're on brand. We're on brand. Thank you very much. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> anyways. So yeah, so anyways, we, we we discuss a great many things on this podcast, and and today we're pleased to have back on the podcast a uh, one of our favorite guests, uh, John. John, would you like to introduce yourself? Hey guys, I'm John. I'm uh, the now the co-host of uh, another podcast, a very stupid podcast, uh, leftist. <laughs> Sopranos first watch podcast called Gabagool and Roses. Uh, so you can subscribe to that. Um, where we are watching the Sopranos episode by episode and um, it, uh, looking at it from a leftist perspective. Uh, and I have two co-hosts who've never seen the Sopranos before and I've seen it a bunch of times. So that's what I've been up to. How are you guys? That's a really long fruit name, John. <laughs> oh, my bad. I am John. Fresh fruit for rotting vegetables. Well, yeah, John, it's so clear from our our episode that we had you on discussing punk rock that we inspired you to t- start your own podcast. Um, uh, talking I mean, about yeah, the kind of. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Adam, we did it. We inspired one person. We are influencers now, Daniel. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, uh, I lost my job and I made a joke on Twitter about I'm going to do something. I'm either going to start a Twitch channel or a uh, Sopranos leftist podcast. And two of my friends were like, yeah, dude, let's do that. And I was like, no, we're not really going to do this, though. And then, yeah, I kind of got dragged screaming into it. So it's been fun, though. You, you saw us. You recorded with us and you were like, if these two idiots can do this, then I <laughs> certainly can. I mean, not in that many words, so to speak. <laughs> well, see, John, I'm an idiot and I need more words than what you would need. So, oh. um 
Yeah, so we're having John on again to kind of discuss music again, but this time we're actually going to discuss the hobby of record collecting and record collection and vinyl collection. So yes, John, you are on to discuss records with us. Um, Would you like to do a definition of what a record player is and records are, or would you like me to do that? Uh, I can try. A record player is a device that plays records. A record is a black plastic circle that you spend your hard-earned money on. (laughs) There you go. That's all you need. (laughs) I actually prefer to listen to my music on like 30-pound wax cylinders. Ooh, yeah. Um, I'm real old. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, if you're... um, you're a millennial only listen to your iPads and iPads and I don't know anymore. Um, <laughs> He's a millennial. He only listens to music via 15 second clips on TikTok. Exactly. Right. I, I know what TikTok is. Um, Nobody at me with that. I'm a millennial and they're talking about zoomers because I don't want to hear it. <laughs> but yes a record player first started as a phonograph and has morphed into what we now know as turntables that uh play music on these as john called them black plastic circles that have grooves in them the oh they've got stylus oh they've got funky grooves in them (laughs) funky 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 grooves (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they uh the stylus of the record player travels down the grooves picking up the recordings and the wavelengths and everything in there and moves around like a magnet and then produces sound beautiful beautiful warm sound from your beautiful grails um <laughs> yeah as far as i'm concerned that part of it that's fucking magic like that might as right. well be that makes no sense to me there's like <laughs> right. little ridges on a circle and then you put a needle on it and that makes music like that is ridiculous. I don't know how that works, but yeah. Yeah. The, uh, I- I'll tell you all a quick story about oh God, uh, the, how, how as a millennial records were defined records were uh, introduced to my family because my oh, father no. has a large vinyl collection or at that point in time, it was just record collection. He didn't refer to it as a vinyl collection. Mm. My sister, my sister was at, in kindergarten and they played a record in her kindergarten class and she comes running home and goes mom dad i had the they had the craziest thing at school today and they're like what is it she was like they had these big black plastic cds and you put (laughs) and you put it on and you, you could see the cds spinning around and and it made music out of it and then dad like wanders down to the basement and like pulls out a, a record she goes we have those cds too <laughs> so it's a wonderful cultural anchoring uh right there. good stuff right it's, good stuff. it's just a manual cd um so yeah if, yeah if 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 you don't know what a record and record players are and then read a read a book am i right guys <laughs> yeah Chuck Klosterman sure book. <laughs> <laughs> Fargo Rock City. Read that one. You hipster. I wear the black hat. <laughs> now we're just shouting at Chuck Klosterman. Nick Hornby. <laughs> Ghost World. Other final record references. All right. Let's get into... 
how we each got into record players and record collecting. Record players and record collecting. Nobody gets into record players. Daniel, stupid. Um, I think no. I think there are people that get into oh. record players. Like I really think that there are. Like there, there are definitely people that get into record <laughs> players. <laughs> like the high fidelity type stuff. Yeah, I'm cool. Um, I'm just into the circles. They're into the, they're the weird ones. <laughs> <laughs> they're into spinning those circles <laughs> um well and i wanted to have this discussion with you john because you got me into record collecting and i wanted to discuss this with adam because adam just picked up a record player only a month or two ago so oh nice he's i, I think well it's probably closer way. to like three or four months ago actually but you know, <laughs> time doesn't have any meaning these days so. True. <laughs> it was only yesterday that adam asked about getting a record player um so yeah john <laughs> um why don't we hop into the uh coco corner the story time section and discuss how each of us got into record collecting john would you like to start as the guest oh sure well growing up we had this great big stereo system in our living room that had like big tower speakers that had been my grandmother's from like the 80s um so as time went on, like that got passed down to my older brother, took it with him to college and then he left and then I had it. And then basically like by the time I got it, it was mostly, it was just the amp and the giant speakers. Um, and then when I was, and then uh, I got into collecting records by, uh, well, similarly to our punk episode, uh, records are a big thing in punk music. And so when I got into punk, I also sort of got into collecting records. So I actually had a couple of records that I had sort of picked up either on eBay or I think one I had gotten at like a Hot Topic or something. And I just had them and didn't have a record player. And then finally, one day when I was in college, um, there's this record store that was close to campus um, that I would go to in between classes. And uh, I just sort of picked up a record player there and took it home and um, then started collecting records. I would go to this place. It was called CD Central uh, mm -hmm. when I was a student at UK in Lexington, Kentucky. Um, and it was basically like right on campus. So if I had like a long break in between classes or something, uh, I would often like go to the record store and just go crate dig. Um, nice. So like I built up a pretty big, pretty good collection that way. And then then when we were in law school, I want to say like 2000 what 13 2012 2013 that's yeah. when like record collecting i think really started to take off totally and so i did like a lot of like ebay stuff then and then greensboro had like three or four pretty decent places that you could go and crate dig and, and find totally. records and so so um that's basically like my history of of collecting I, I i will say that i don't collect much these days like usually like probably like five or six albums a year come out that are like new to me that i like and I usually try to get them on, on vinyl and then yeah. um, like reissues will come out or I'll just be in a place like my wife and I traveled to Asheville to get away from the coronavirus so like a month ago or so. And like just while we were in town, we, we went and checked out the record store. Um, there are a couple so, good ones in Asheville. Yeah, some nice yeah, ones for there. sure. Yeah, so nice. that's one of the things that I like to do is like when I'm traveling to a place or, you know, I'll go to like an antique store if they don't have a record store and see if I can just find something. That be, like I have a, a Black Sabbath self-titled that I got at my friend's wedding. 
Um, so oh, like cool. I can tie that memory together with that record whenever I play it. So huh. cool. um, I like to do that, but yeah. Yeah, totally. Nice. My story is kind of similar to, yeah, kind of similar to yours, John. Um, I didn't get a huge, massive stereo from my grandparents or my parents, but my mom and dad, as far as, as long as I can remember, they had like my mom's old record player that was like the combo tape player, um, kind of record player where you could transfer the records to tapes and you could do tape trading. And I remember taking that to college, uh, maybe like junior year and slowly kind of um, building up a record collection, going to record stores in Williamsburg. There was a franchise location for Plan 9 Records. Shout out to the original Plan 9 Records in Richmond, Virginia, which is huge and massive compared to the Williamsburg one, which like closed down like a year after I got into record collecting. Um, There was one in uh, Harrisonburg too. That's where I bought all my CDs. Yeah. 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 So uh, they're fun. Um, the one in Richmond is awesome. The one in Williamsburg was all right, but yeah, like it just was in a weird location, nowhere close to campus. So any college kid who wanted to get into record collecting would have to take the bus or ride their bike ET style to collect records and shit. But yeah, I, um, kind of used that cheap stereo record player console for a while. And then in law school, um, I talked to you, John, about getting record player and getting into like getting a separate turntable with a separate preamp and separate speakers. And I found a, (laughs) I found a Craigslist ad where a guy was selling everything for like 300 bucks. It's a nice setup too, wasn't it? Like a Pioneer player and a Marantz. Yeah, it's a a Pioneer turntable, like their PL4 and then Marantz amp, Marantz um, tape deck. Now, like oh, that's right. uh, radio thing and then Boston acoustic speakers yeah. um, for like 300 bucks. It was awesome. It was a nice um, setup. Yeah. And so I, I remember going to like uh, meeting this guy at his trailer park, like going into his trailer and it was just like his living room was just the record player. He had like maybe a couple <laughs> record players, speakers, and then just tons and tons of records. Yeah. And like we were there for 10 minutes. He like showed us how it worked showed me how it worked. Cause I was like, I don't know anything and played like showed that it worked and like actually sounded fine. And then I remember John, we were just standing there listening to the record and he was like, so you want to listen to some records? <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> no, I have to go eat lunch. I'm very <laughs> hungry. And then we just like sprinted away. <laughs> oh, Daniel, you could have made a friend. Come on. Oh, he definitely wanted to be friends. He was trying to sell me something also and i was like i don't have any money on me and also <laughs> i think i probably had three record players at that time and my wife would have absolutely <laughs> killed me if i came home with another right. one <laughs> but yeah after that then kind of uh like john was saying the boom of record collecting kind of started um right around that time and has con- continued to grow and we can talk about that later but yeah went to the good record stores in uh greensboro um, took part in some record store days. Uh, there's a great record store here in Durham that has some awesome, awesome stuff and kind of have, have also kind of just fallen off on going crate digging a bunch, mostly because, well, not mostly. A lot of it is because COVID has happened and no 
the local record store I go to doesn't have hours. They just have hours where you can, or you can order stuff online and then go pick it up. Yeah. Some of the ones down here are doing that too. Yeah. Um, one of the guys is doing delivery, which is cool. Like he'll have like certain oh. towns and, uh, and he'll be like, Tuesday is Winston Salem day. Uh, Wednesday is Greensboro day. And he just like loads his car up with the records that you order. And he comes and brings oh. it to your house. That's, That's cool. awesome. Wow. Huh. Yeah. So yeah, haven't like, haven't gotten back into kind of like crate digging for a while. Um, but like you, John, when there are like records that I'm listening to nonstop in a year, like I'll be like, okay, I need to have this on vinyl to be able to listen to it. So yeah, we can continue to discuss why we're passionate about record collecting or not passionate about it. But Adam, how did you get into record collecting? So I, I'm, I'm OG record collector, man. Um, oh, at least, at least my family is. So my family has an old Victrola in our living room. <laughs> Oh, oh damn! You think I'm joking, but we we actually do. And then I uh, believe you. We got it. I think Dad got it when it was handed down to him by someone uh, who ha- no longer had the need for it. And we have like old. I don't know how big the records are. Maybe they were 45s. Um, but they or like 78s, uh, like I, larger 78s. No, they were smaller. Much smaller. Oh, gotcha. Sorry, the um, singles. And we would like Adam's all about the singles. He loves he, singles and <laughs> mingling. And <laughs> he, so we, he, he, I would say, I, I wouldn't say we willingly sat down and listened to him because they were like ancient records <laughs> that played right. on the Victrola. We were like, what the hell is this? Um, but that uh, spurred a lot of conversations with dad because my father's always been huge into collecting music um he has a massive cd collection has a massive record collection um and he always reminisces about like he doesn't like spotify because Mm -hmm. uh he feels like it puts the action of listening to music into the background and Mm. and so he would always reminisce about you know you you get a new record and you just sit in your room and listen to the record instead Mm of sit instead of you know you know streaming you know you know working and listening to music in the background or reading or something like that, but you'd like listen to the record. So that really, uh, so that was how I was introduced to records and kind of an appreciation for them. But very recently, especially during, during COVID, you know, a lot of our bands can't tour, they can't, you know, play live shows. So I've been trying to support the bands that I really like by buying you know, records them instead of, you know, mm-hmm. doing the millennial thing and just streaming it off of Spotify. So, <laughs> or off of TikTok. <laughs> yeah. It, or, or on TikTok. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so that's what, uh, and I've always liked the sound that records produce. And mm-hmm. I've really been interested in getting one, getting a record player for a while. So I finally did. I broke down. Daniel beat me into the, into a pulp <laughs> until I released my wallet <laughs> to him. Um, <laughs> I hounded Adam for like weeks. I was like, Hey, get this record player, get this record player on Craigslist. It's only a hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah. Get this record player. Um, um, but yeah. So I, I, and I've since purchased a number of records um, from like, you know, all my favorite bands, but I think the first one I got was like Lamb of God's new album. Um, got that on vinyl. And then I, the other thing too is, you know, I've, I, I always knew this, but there are, so, you know, some of the B sides that aren't on 
CDs and especially aren't on stuff like Spotify. So you can only get some of these songs these days by buying, uh, buying yeah. some of the uh, LPs and the uh, L- LPs and the uh, uh, singles that are put out. So that's why totally. I got them. For nice. sure. Cool, man. Can I ask you guys, um, Adam said something that made me wonder this. When do you guys listen to your records? So I will listen to them, especially when I'm reading um so because it's usually like a good i can get through like a chapter in a book and listen to you know a a side on a record um and sometimes i just have it on in the background you know if we're um um, i don't know like playing a game or something along those lines so i when i usually listen to records when i am cooking or um if i'm working from home usually when i'm working um Mm it's nice to kind of get that break of going to change the record over um, Mm -hmm. and being able and not just like the constant stream of stuff, but yeah, I'll like listen to it when I'm uh, cooking or um, working. What about you, John? Uh, Probably about the same. Uh, Like uh, if I'm like cleaning up downstairs or like doing dishes, Mm -hmm. my record players downstairs. So um, I used to have, multiple setups like i said before i had like three record players at one time they weren't all plugged in but i used to have one in the office where i was working uh like in our house and then um uh i had to kind of get rid of that one for wife reasons (laughs) (laughs) and so uh, i just have the one now but yeah so when i'm like cleaning up or cooking downstairs or sometimes sometimes i will just do like your dad adam and i will um, just sit and listen to a record, like especially like if it's something new that I've gotten, um, mm. I will just like sit uh, in front of the record player and listen to it. Uh, but yeah, usually, usually it is still background music or something like that for me. But yeah, um, John, what record player are you using now, and what was the one that you got rid of? Um, so I am currently using a U-turn uh, mm. audio one. Um, I got that one when they, they started off as a Kickstarter. Um, right. and I used to do a lot of records on you know, a lot of bands used to do that to do vinyl versions of their records. Murder by death famously huh. did quite a few. Um, nice. So I used to grab a couple of records on there every year. Um, and then they, they had their um, theirs for their tables. And so um, I have the black one with the, it's got like an acrylic platter. Um, but I like it cause it's pretty much, it's like, uh, it's plug and play before that. I, I had some like older vintage tables. One was a Kenwood that had like a granite base. That was kind of cool. Oh, so damn. like you could stomp around and stuff and your records would not skip. It's great. <laughs> you just like, you just like, you did your, um, suicides across your house. That's, that's right. Like, I would just, like yeah. Basketball. <laughs> yeah. I would just skank and mosh in the living room. <laughs> just by myself. <laughs> Right, <laughs> uh, and then I also had this. It's it's an ELAC or an ELAC or something. It's a German, um, hmm. and it's it was an older table, like probably from the fifties, and it used this outdated technology called an idler wheel. So most yeah. of the time, the motor either directly spins the the platter, which is a direct drive, or it's a belt drive where it turns a belt, and the belt turns the turn turns the turntable part um, right. the platter. Uh, but this one had a little wheel that would like almost like a gear that would um, rub up against the table, the platter and turn it. 
Um, huh. And I gave that one to my sister-in-law because she wanted a table and I wasn't using that one. Um, but I found that like with those vintagey ones, like they're very cool, but um, I would always want to like get into them and like make sure that they had, they were like cleaned out and stuff. And then I didn't yeah. really know what I was doing. So I would <laughs> often like get in way over my head and cause problems that I didn't intend to. Like that, that ELAC, I messed something up and then there was just a light bulb that would just always be on every time it was plugged in. That wasn't supposed to be, right? So, um, yeah, so, so when that U-turn uh, came out, I was like, you know, it's a good looking table and it had a, a decent cartridge on it and it looked nice. So, picked that one yeah. up and I've, I've been pretty happy with it um it's pretty nice. much plug and play so um and then before yeah. that the the first like table i had that wasn't like a crossly all-in-one deal that i got from cd central um was uh one of those audio technica plastic deals um that has like the yeah. auto start and stop um, that's a really nice starter table if anybody's looking for a, a starter turntable it's like an audio technica the... lp60 i think yeah lp60 is a good setup yeah, you know, it's nice. If, if you want to go to the vinyl subreddit and the vinyl jerk subreddit, um, they all are always like, and the LP60 doesn't have an adjustable tone arm. It does not. <laughs> that stuff will drive you crazy. Like I got like really into that for a time. When like when I was really into that Kenwood and that um and that Elac table, uh, I would I was like always messing with the tone arm and the counterweight and all that shit because yeah. I was never sure that it was dialed in exactly right. Uh, yeah. And yeah, if you're one of, if you're like a tinkerer kind of person, just get like a newer table. Right. Because <laughs> it'll drive you crazy. Just get one that works. Yeah. <laughs> when yeah. you, like John has said, plug in and play. Yeah. Nice. And that's the thing is like, everybody says like, well, vintage is so much better. They made turntables like so much better than, you know, back mm-hmm. then, like back then now they're making just cheap plastic stuff. It's like, well, the cheap plastic stuff kind of just works, right? <laughs> Like, right, yeah. I don't have to adjust, you know, the stupid direct drive all the time. And like, it's always running at 33 and a third RPM. Like, I don't have to worry about that. But yeah, that's definitely the trade off is like, if you yeah. are like a good tinkerer and somebody who like wants to get into it and play around with your table, then like, you can definitely have that and do that. Um, but if yeah. you just want to play music, like, I-, I think it's easier to go with a newer table than to get something vintage as an entry point for sure. Well, and that's the cool thing about Adams is like, cause like you had John and maybe still have the floor speakers. Um, but like, there are so many options for people. Like we just have the turntable, a really small phono amp, like, you know, size of like a Altoid tin and a little bit taller Mm -hmm. than that. Um, and then two, I'm using the, uh, uh, edifier bookshelf speakers now mm-hmm. um, that can also connect to Bluetooth. So if we want to listen to my phone we, or Spotify, we can. Um, but Adam just has, Adam, you just have the record player and powered speakers, right? Yep. That's you, it. Yeah. That's- you know, it's like, it's perfect for everybody. Like you get the new ones and you can just like, they have the built in amps and stuff and mm-hmm. you can just plug into speakers and it's, it's for everybody, man. Music yeah. is for everybody. I, I view it. I, I wanted to listen to 
records, I did not necessarily want to get into a whole level of geekery because I am already ensconced in many levels of geekery for other things. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I just wanted something that works. It's, I, I view it as, it's like the Honda Civic of record players. Like, yeah, it's yeah. not, it's not, it's going to work. It's going to work for a long time and I don't have to deal with it. So that's, that was my goal. Yeah. That's all you need, man. And yeah. it has a solid wood plinth. So, hey. Ooh, nice. <laughs> Hell yeah. 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 So kind of moving on into what continues to make us, and we've kind of been talking about it, but what continues to make you passionate about record store or yeah, about record collecting and Adam, what makes you want to get more into record collecting? Um, would either of you like to start? Yeah, I can, I can, I can take a shot at it. Um, go. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a record. This is our record. No, 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 you hold no, up the that away. Good lord, <laughs> Jeffrey Tubin over here <laughs> pulling out his record. Um, I, I think I'll just build on what I was saying beforehand. But a lot of it is appreciating music for music and not just defaulting to whatever's kind of on my you know, uh, you know, made for you playlist on Spotify. Um, and so there is a lot of what, uh, kind of like, like I said, especially in COVID I've had a really hard time kind of disconnecting from work. And mm-hmm. so being able to play a record and just listen to music for music's sake has been like a nice, uh, break if you will to, because yeah, you, it, it allows me to disengage, which is something that I definitely needed these days. Um, and, mm-hmm. and two, yeah, I definitely think back to what my dad has always was saying about, you know, listening to music. And then, like I said, the ability to acquire LPs and acquire songs slash tracks that I have not been able to acquire beforehand is really cool because especially thing like bands like the Foo Fighters put out some really neat LPs that I love. And some of them are only you know, some of their, uh, some of my favorite songs are only available as B-sides um, mm-hmm. on vinyl, which is kind of crazy, but it's pretty cool. And then yeah, it's, uh, I, I have a massive CD collection. And so, but I, I obviously records to me are a little bit more um, tactile as, mm-hmm. as far as being mm-hmm. able to play them and appreciate, appreciate the artistry behind it. And you get thing. I, so I, I don't, I don't know about you all, but like my favorite thing, one of my favorite things about records was similar to when I would, when we would buy like video games and they come in those massive cardboard boxes for PC games and they have big manuals and stuff, but you get album artwork and other neat yeah. things that go that yeah. come along with it. That's just, you know, memorabilia that once again, kind of makes the, uh, makes the, the, the act of listening to music a little bit more personal and you just, in my opinion, not to sound too cheesy yeah. here but you you said you you feel a little more connected to the band or the artist if you will. i i feel that and i think i mean one of the first things i'll do every time i get a record is i look at the run out groove for etchings because some bands will put like a little message in the etching of the run out groove at the very middle mm-hmm. near where the label is and they'll yeah. they'll put a little message in there and print it and unless you buy that record or you you know look it up on Discogs because um, the Discogs entry will usually have what the what the etching is. But I'm like unless you go looking for it, 
you know, you would never know what that thing was. And it's you, I mean, right. it's usually nothing serious or it's like an inside joke with the band or whatever, but it's like a cool thing that you, you don't get with any other format. Yeah. Yeah. There are no, no band is going to etch something into your phone screen. If you're listening to it on Spotify or something. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> it, to me, it, it's, it's still very similar to why I prefer reading books at, I, but why I prefer prefer to be to read real books instead of reading on a Kindle, um, yeah. there's just once again there's just something more tangible about it that makes the experience yeah. better. I was just gonna say no. I, th- I think there's also something to be said for listening to something that you're familiar with on a different setup. So like most of the time, if you're listening to songs on the same set of headphones or you know maybe the same set of headphones and then in your car speakers you're not going to get the same stuff out of it. Like different, there's different cutoffs and all that sort of thing in terms of frequencies and, you know, MP3s are, you know, and I'm not trying to say that like vinyl is so much higher quality or whatever. Cause I don't, right. I don't necessarily know that that's true all of the time, but just listening to something on a different setup, you are, you will hear different things sometimes that you may not have noticed, like little things going on with the drums in the background or like a bass line or like, oh, there's a tambourine on this song that I've never really noticed before. Uh, and I, I think that may be more to do with listening to things on different setups than it is specifically a vinyl thing. But vinyl helps me get there where like listening to it on like properly big speakers and like you do hear different different things like that. I think that's cool. It, it makes you like pay. Well, and it goes back to kind of the active kind of listening. It makes you kind of pay attention more to the music, even yeah. if it's on in the background, like, like you were saying, John, you know, I'll, I mean, some people play their records just on headphones exclusively, but if you're, um, using listening to an album that you've listened to a million times in your car and headphone on headphones from your phone, from Spotify, and then you play it on some big speakers in your living room. It's like, Oh, this is an entirely different album in this kind of setting. I was going to ask, do you guys think kind of going off that, it's kind of like the materialism of record and records and record collecting. Do you think there has been a big boom in the record industry because people are kind of rebelling against Spotify and the fact that basically we don't own any of the music on Spotify, even if you were to purchase an album on iTunes, you don't own that music. You own the license to play that music. And those companies can take those licenses away from us at any point. Do you think people are buying records more and more because they want to own something physical and they want to like pass those down to their kids? Maybe, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out why we're wondering why record collecting and getting records has become such a big thing now, but. I mean, for me, I think, oh, go, go ahead, John. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think that's definitely part of it for, for some people. And that, that can definitely be part of it. Like, um, there are some bands that like, that I listen to that are like more obscure punk bands or whatever that they, their stuff isn't even on Spotify. Right. So like I used, I used to have this huge MP3 collection and then I had a hard drive crash and I lost like 200 gigs of music. So basically oh, I've got. Like this band, No Means No. I think I put them on that. I think we talked about them on the punk uh, episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But their stuff isn't really on Spotify except for a few songs that, you know, are on comps or something like that. So right. if I want to listen to them, it's usually I'm listening to them on vinyl. Um, gotcha. I think that's part of it is like preserving and like having that uh, or, or like certain like singles or something that a band puts out with like a weird B-side or something. Like you're not going to find that on Spotify. 
Right. Yeah. That, that was a big thing for me is I, I listened to 98% of my music on Spotify. Um, but it definitely doesn't have, and I have a mat. I've, I think I'm, I don't have 200 gigs of music, John, but I've got 80 or so, um, that where, where there are tracks on there that I can only get on those MP3s. But similarly enough, part of it is especially like being friends with Daniel and kind of learning Hi. more about the music industry and, and learning about how terribly Spotify pays artists mm. per stream of the song, especially for the smaller to mid-sized bands. I say it was an, it was an active decision to issue convenience for the sake of supporting a band that I really like. So, and, and once again, case in point being, you know, Lamb of God's latest album, um, you know, none of them are millionaires <laughs> and they, they make all their money touring, uh, selling merch and selling, selling albums. So it was like, Oh, I will actually buy the physical album because that is the best way that I can support the band right now. Um, right. And then um, like I picked up a, an, an LP from this, I don't know how to s- describe her, but she, I think she got her start on YouTube of all places, but she's mm-hmm. Elise Tro, T-R-O-U-W, but she mm-hmm. released, um, she has a bunch of cool like looping songs. And uh, one of the songs I really liked was this mashup that she did of the Foo Fighters Everlong with uh, the police, with a song from, made by the police. Really good song. Oh, cool. Regard- and anyway, she had this studio session that she made, uh, that she did over in the UK, and the studio session was available only on vinyl. So I bought it, and it was it was neat because it's like her playing these looping songs live really, really well. And also, it was the only way buying that um, LP was the only way I could get the song in my possession without having to stream it on YouTube every single time. Mm-hmm. Adam, do you remember uh, Sean Twig? Yeah. And Ken Roush? Mm-hmm. They had a band at William and Mary and I think they all moved to New York and then they released an album or like an EP on vinyl. Uh, I'm completely blanking on the name, but it's one I go back to constantly to listen to because mm-hmm. it's really, really good. But yeah, that's kind of the same thing of like wanting uh, that, John and Adam, you guys were saying that like not being able to um, find a particular thing on Spotify or online or anything, it's only available on vinyl kind of makes that record collecting kind of special and makes you feel more connected to the band. Uh, I'm going to pause real quick and get the album real quick. Hold on. Sorry. That's all right. So, John, how are you? (laughs) I'm good, man. (laughs) I found it, guys. I found it. Hey, bud. I, did I did it. Welcome back. Um, so, <laughs> thanks. Um, <laughs> the album or the band is Tough Luck, and their album is No New or their EP is No New Love. And like Sean, a, a, a friend from college, actually like left a note in the record when he sent it to me, saying like, "Hey, like super." Like, thanks for buying our record. And next time you're in New York, like, come and see me. Uh, But that's kind of like another thing, like, you know, just knowing somebody personally who's gotten an album on vinyl that is like their creation and their music. It's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. I know I kind of just derailed the entire uh, podcast. (laughs) I'm so sorry. No, you're fine. So I I have a, uh, a, 
a question along this a similar vein, but on the opposite end of the spectrum. So, oh are there albums that you all went out and purchased because you were like, I have to have these albums? You know, they may be albums from mega famous bands, but you're like, you know, uh, I, Daniel on the list, you have Queens of the Stone Age their their discography yeah. like clearly you can access that discography in 12 other places but is right. it because you want to own that on vinyl that you went out and purchased that and john do you have any similar things that you may that you may have uh, purchased yeah so a lot of my record collecting now is like albums that i've been listening to a lot on spotify and being like okay i want that album as like a physical thing that I can listen to on my record player that I can like be a part of. Um, and I did that with Queens of the Stone Age. Like I have their entire discography, even the bootleg copy of um, Songs for the Deaf that has a Spanish language version of um, Gonna Leave You on it because Songs for the Deaf, I don't think was ever released on vinyl until recently. They reissued it. Um, which I got the reissue of because now it's like the official pressing of the record. But yeah, Adam, there's like my favorite bands. I'll want to get my favorite albums of theirs on vinyl records like Metallica. Mm -hmm. I have most of their albums on vinyl. Queens of the Stone Age, Elder. I have almost all their albums on vinyl. I need the first and the latest albums. But there are some like some artists that just feel better on vinyl like john i've recently gotten into john prine a lot listening to him a lot and they're reissuing all of his albums and the reissues are really good and sound really good but he's like an artist that's like man i have to have this on vinyl because it just Mm -hmm. sounds like it sounds so good and like it's such a it's like from that era of when you could go to down to the record store and that's all you could do you couldn't you know go onto your little phone and get John Prine on your little phone. Um, it's funny that you yeah. say John Prine, cause I'm doing a similar thing right now. I'm going through a big Steve Earl phase uh, and I'm listening oh, to nice. Steve Earl. And so I've got, uh, I haven't picked any up yet, but I've, I've picked out a few of his records that I want to get on vinyl. For well, sure. And that's, that's the thing with like, I, I'm very appreciative that, record collecting and records have gotten more popular in the past few years, but like, and John, you and I have discussed it a little bit, but like, and that can, and then we can get back to Adam's question for you, John, but like record collecting has, it's become much more expensive than it used to be. Like the, after John Prine died, like his first album, even the reissues that, you know, six months ago you could probably find for maybe like five to 10 bucks at like your local record store. We're going for like 20, 25 bucks on yeah, Discogs. Ridiculous. And it's yeah. like the re like the reissues of his albums are sold out everywhere. It's like, I have a, um, I have rushes moving pictures on vinyl that I got from plan nine for three bucks. Yeah. Um, and it plays fine. You know, there's, it's old. So it has some, you know, bumps and scratch, not scratches, but some pops, you know, it plays perfectly fine. It sounds great. But like looking at that same record on Discogs, it's like 15 bucks. I'm like, dude, why? (laughs) Right. That's why, that's why I often go for newer, 
bands and newer albums is because the price is set. Um, mm-hmm. and I don't have to worry about record stores and eBay sellers and discog sellers kind of gouging the prices because it's like, Oh, this is a popular band and one of their members just died. So like, yeah, well, that's, yeah. that's like, I've, uh, uh, one of my favorite albums, um, within like the bluegrass phase of, or the kind of sector of my interests is, um, Allison Cross and Union Station, they have a live, it's just live. Alice, right. And I think it has some of the best renditions of some of the songs. And I was like, oh, okay, well, like, you know, that's on my want list. And, you know, I went on Amazon, like it's not available, you know, went to a couple other places. And on Discogs, the cheapest, um, the cheapest option for a new, a new condition is $500. Yeah. I was like, ridiculous. that's that's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah it's like, right. <laughs> I was like, so I will never own that album. I have it on CD. I have it on Spotify. But I'll I'll never own that vinyl unless you know I happen upon it at a garage sale or something like that. Just right. hope for a reissue. That's all you can do. Is yeah, hope that exactly. there's a reissue one day. Yeah. yeah, there's a few in my that I'm like, as soon as that gets reissued, I've got to snap it up. But yeah. Yeah. John, what was your response to Adam's question? I've kind of forgotten it. Oh, which was like, what was it? What's a band that like you have to oh, yeah, go yeah, yeah. and get or whatever. Um, uh, so I, I also have a pretty sizable Metallica collection. Um, every time run the jewels does a new album, I pick it up. I, Cause I have every single one of their albums on final and they tend mm-hmm. to go quick. Um, mm-hmm. And um like I don't buy my I buy my records to play them I don't buy them to sell them but like they always um like double in price immediately on Discogs so uh, I feel like you've got to pick it up when it comes out or you're not gonna right. be able to get it the oh the band the Menzingers uh, who we talked yeah. about on that punk yeah, uh, episode yeah. that I did with you I have every single one of their things on their albums on vinyl and a bunch of their LPs and stuff too. Um, they're one of my favorites. I, I actually have probably seen them live more than any other band as well. Um, nice. And then, uh, uh, well, it's it's a, an old band that's not putting out new stuff anymore, but Black Flag is my all-time favorite band. And so, um, you know, when I started getting into record collecting, I had to fill out my, my Black Flag discography. Uh, it was one of the first things that I did. So Nice. Yeah, I totally uh, get that. Yeah, I, um, I like I picked up uh, after I, or I guess uh, kind of along with my record player purchase. So I was like, well, I've got to get a record. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Nah. <laughs> um, but like the one, the first album I bought was "The Color and the Shape" by the Foo Fighters because that that I I my relationship with that album goes back literally to the second grade. So that was, oh, yeah. um, I was like, Oh yeah, yeah, of course I'm going to buy that. But yeah. And then I filled it out with other bands that Daniel does not approve of, but that's okay. <laughs> Mostly just Dave Matthews band. <laughs> like he's the only artist putting out records on vinyl. Am I right? <laughs> um, question for both you and Adam, I guess you haven't, uh, experienced it yet, but, um, we can kind of discuss, uh, how do you guys feel about record store day? What is record store day? So record store day is an annual event. (laughs) Excuse me. Record store day is an annual event inaugurated in 2008 and held on one Saturday, every April and every black Friday in November. 
to celebrate the culture of the independently owned record store. The day brings together fans, artists, and thousands of independent record store ac- stores across the world. A number of records are pressed specifically for Record Store Day with a list of releases for each country and are only distributed to shops participating in the event. So it's like this huge day, Adam, where record stores... It was originally started as like a way to drum up business because, I mean, when it started, middle of the fucking recession and record stores were going by the way of the dodo to begin with anyway, but it was a way to kind of get record store people in record stores to buy records specifically released for record store day or just for any old record and get a record player and all the stuff that you may have in a record store. Yeah. Cause like so the only way you could get, um, Oh, sorry. Yeah. The only way you no, could no, get no, those no. records is by going to the brick and mortar. They, you, they like the people that sell them have to like sign a pledge that they won't sell them online Right, gotcha. And so, and so that exclusivity is what led to what I think is the now the current problem with Record Store Day, which is flippers who go right. and they'll just buy shit just to resell it on eBay, um, and it's very it, it, frustrating. It's become it's like missed the whole point of it, which was to support your local record store, right. and for then people like. The, the like so John Prine I'm gonna keep going back to John Prine one of the most recent record store days they had a box set that was selling his first four Atlantic albums for 80 bucks so pretty normal like 20 bucks an album and everywhere sold out of those records and I was looking at discogs and they were being sold for like 150 175 bucks for the box set like wow. okay I can now and then like a month later they just released the reissues those same exact albums just separately and i was like went to like just went to the record store and was like okay i want this album i was like able to buy it separately it's just like yeah the flipper thing has the flipper scene has gotten crazy where it's just but yeah the 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 number of releases and the number of creative and special issues or special reissues they have of albums that are just like, why do I want another copy of Fleetwood Mac's rumors? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Does the world really need another copy of deep purple's machine? Head? (laughs) Right. A hundred percent. Like that is a huge problem. That's the other big problem is that the records that they have, that they choose to do this are not like, I usually don't care anymore. Like, I went through right. the list this year because uh, they do two record store days a year now, right? So there's one in the spring yeah. and then there's one is a Black Friday one. And I think right. they put out a list for, for Black Friday. Um, and I was looking at it and I was like, there's one on here and it's not even like a real record. It's a joke record from a podcast. <laughs> it's like a seven inch. And it's like, I'm not going to go line up at eight o'clock in the morning right. during COVID to, to hope that the record store has gotten this like already obscure thing but like yeah but it's it's a lot of like reprints of stuff that there's plenty of originals of right um that, that aren't that stuff. expensive yeah yeah or, or or stuff the the other problem is that like the exclusivity is gone a lot of the time so it's like this mm. is a record store day first one so it'll come out on record store day and then it's like if you wait three more months you can just get it from wherever yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Um, so it's like, okay, so why am I lining up at eight o'clock in the morning <laughs> yeah. to go do this? I think oh. 
on on the flip side of that, you know, one I think there's no flip side, Adam. There's no flip side. <laughs> one, I think it's un, it's unavoidable with anything that becomes popular, right? So you're right. you're gonna have that, you know. I mean, why, why the hell do you think people line up for iPhone releases? I guess they don't anymore, but you know, or Beanie Babies, or or, or what, whatever, whatever <laughs> you kind of want to put into that relatively niche category of people collecting stuff. Um, right. I'd say the 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 silver lining to that is one, if the if stuff like Record Store Day is helping bring back the music industry in the sense of bringing back production of vinyl records, it will, it's proving to the market that people actually want to buy them. So hopefully more bands will, or an artist will kind of invest in uh, releasing vinyl records in general, or at least produce uh, releasing them more in quantity quantity. So for, for those who want more options to listen to, to music on vinyl, then they'd be able to access them. And, and lastly, you know, I think uh, in general, it may be, uh, you know, maybe a little bit cynical, but, you know, people are going to do that anyways. And, you know, there's always going to be kind of a, a, maybe not black market, like a gray market for stuff like that. And there's not for sure. And once again, if if it's keeping music stores alive, then hey, why why, why not? Got to take the good with the bad. For sure, for sure. I, I think it is a bummer because Dan and I think Daniel and I both we went to a record store together. They together yeah. one time, I think, and it was yeah. like that was like right at its peak. I feel like when there were good releases, and like I used to hop around to all the different re- like there are three or four good spots in Greensboro where you can get records, and I they'd all if they didn't have the exclusives, they would have like sales and stuff going on. Right. Um, yeah. And and I don't know. It's just. It's, it's just not good anymore, I don't think. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm not excited for it anymore. No, so. and that's, like, uh, maybe, yeah, we're coming at it from the cynical, jaded view, but... Guys, the uh, for 2020 Record Store Day, um, Britney Spears' Oops, I Did Again did it again lp is one of the exclusive yeah ones. like that's exactly the kind of shit we're talking about. like the selection of records to release is so bad wait no, adam bad adam, adam changed my mind <laughs> i'm going to i'm camping out the night before i'm gonna rush in and be like give me that britney i need my britney it's gonna be awesome who needs that on vinyl nobody you don't need that on vinyl <laughs> And Metallica yeah. used to be really tied in with Record Store Day too. They used to always have yeah. an exclusive Metallica thing. I have the um, Through the Never box set um, from when oh, they nice. did that for Record Store Day. It's really nice. It's a good pressing. That's um, yeah. It's, yeah, it's really it's a four LP live show, and it's Jeez. fucking rules. That uh, yeah, that the rendition of Orion on on oh, it's so good. is oh. Yeah. <laughs> so, John, you would have to agree that Record Store Day is great now, huh? Yeah, that used to be. When they would put shit out like that out of rate. Right. Right. <laughs> uh, that and Britney Spears, top tier level. Uh, well, now- fucking, I'm, I'm looking at it now. Dave Brubeck Christmas lullabies on 12 inch. <laughs> like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> now I'm just looking at the Record Store Day stuff, too. Uh, Man, John, you don't want... <laughs> You don't want Buck Cherry's album, Buck Cherry? No. <laughs> Ironically, I was going to use the, the uh, cherry as my fruit this uh, this go round. Be like Buck Cherry, Adam. But I guess it's good oh. I didn't do that, or else I would have been ridiculed. Uh, 
There is a oh, Plan also, 9 Records from Dracula. Yeah, I did see that. Go ahead. Uh, also, whoever is picking out the record store day releases, I know that you're listening to this. Stop, <laughs> Thank you. Stop <laughs> doing so many goddamn soundtracks. They do so many soundtracks. Oh, now. yeah. It's ridiculous. Uh, what, ab- what about the Drive soundtrack? <laughs> hey. Do you have a copy of the Drive soundtrack? That's, that's a whole <laughs> other special like that niche of record collecting there are guys super into soundtracks and like games yeah these these soundtracks that are being released too, all three austin powers movies yes yes <laughs> monty python Perfect. and the holy grail i had no idea that even had a soundtrack other than like the the sound of coconuts being clapped together right. <laughs> that's all it is oh oh can i say uh there is a really cool monty python record out there that has dueling grooves or it's called something else, but I can't remember. So you put the needle down and if, and sometimes it goes in one groove and sometimes it goes in another groove. So you can play it and have different experiences with it. Every, like not every time. Oh, cool. Do you see what I'm saying? There's two tracks and they're right next to each other. And so it, it just randomly will play one of those. I think spinal tap also did that too. Okay. Yes, I think and that's like right. Yeah. Two separate grooves. I'm going to drop in the chat uh, the vinyl record that everybody needs to purchase right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Only nine bucks. <laughs> it's Pizza Be- Hut Barry hits. hits. The the name of well, the LP is Pizza Hut Hits. <laughs> <laughs> Put that that warm warm grail on there <laughs> on right. the turntable. I'll get my pebbled red <laughs> plastic cup. I'm turning in my book it badge for a free pizza. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice throwback. Are these jokes that anyone will be able to appreciate? Are there any um, any other records that you want to brag about or anything else that you guys want to discuss? We can kind of wrap up now. Uh, I have a second print of Minor Threats Complete Discography Compilation LP. Um, nice. That, yeah, it's the the classic. So it's the, an image you've probably seen before. It's the punk that's sitting on like a stoop with his head in his hands. It's a very famous image. Uh, and then it's the classic, the red background, which is how you know that it's second press. Uh, and the mm-hmm. reason I like that one so much, like in addition to it being rare or whatever, is it's Discord Records, which was like a DIY record label. Um, and so um, if you watch like documentaries or read about the, those guys would like glue together the LP themselves, like the LP sleeves and put the stuff in that they, they do the, all that work themselves. So I'm like, there's a good chance that the guys in this band, like actually touched and worked on this record and like taped right. it and glued it together and stuff. And like, that's, that's very cool to me. So yeah, discord yeah. was uh, Ian Mackay from DC um, and minor threat. And then Fugazi uh, was oh, yeah. minor threat turned into Fugazi basically. So yeah. So it's, it's those guys. So, and they're big on, uh, I always like to buy their LPs because they've always been big on like ticket prices, not above a certain amount. And then their LPs yeah. are usually, Still, well, I think when I started collecting, they were still like 12 bucks a piece. I think now it's probably like 15, maybe 20, but it's nothing, it's never anything like it's crazy expensive with them, which right. is good. Yeah, nice. So, um, I've got that one, and then the very first record I ever bought was uh, Murder by Death's In Boca Al Lupo, um, where I uh saw them uh play live at a show in my bumfuck hometown in Kentucky 
Um, <laughs> and this record had just, Invoca had just come out. So it was before they were like on commercials and stuff, which I thought was very cool. Um, and uh, I got it autographed by them. So. Oh, shit. Um, and it's this huge nine foot long gatefold. <laughs> which like if you yeah if you uh, if you undo the whole thing it's nine feet long of this crazy art um of like the depths of the circles of hell and all this stuff it's very Jeez. cool that's awesome uh, and, and then i have a complete run the jewels collection and i have both pressings of the first lp one of them is on gold vinyl and one of them is on black and the gold vinyl Damn. one is like very hard to find. Um, yeah, we we got to make sure you don't so, get doxxed. People are gonna yeah. <laughs> try and get your run the jewels collection. <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> and then I have the two LP or the four LP sets for all the others, where the it's the the full album on two LPs, and then the instrumental tracks only on the two LPs. Nice. So it's nice. It's it's a very Sweet. nice package and everything too. So it looks good. Yeah. I'm sure those are, those are like pride and joys, I'd say. Yeah. Um, the ones I want to brag on other than the entire Queens of the stone age discography, not that that's really anything special, but the, I have from the really good record stores in Greensboro, I got, uh, three Metallica EPs, um, the Metallica creeping death EP, the Harvester of Sorrow EP, and then the I got actually have a first pressing of Metallica's Garage Days Revisited, like the EP they recorded right after Cliff Burton died with Jason Newstead. And I was adding those to my Discogs collection, and I think all three of those are first pressings. Um, and I'm like very excited about those and just love having those as like a piece of history. Um, because it they you know they have all the stuff like on the garage days revisited on the back of the um, sleeve. It like, it's a message from James. It's like, we just finished the uh, master of puppets tour and we wanted to get right back into the studio, like completely glossing over the fact that cliff Burton died. Um, And (laughs) I was like, Jason new kid um, (laughs) hopping on bass. Like, Oh God, no wonder in 2003 you got, or 2000, you guys like completely broke down because you hadn't dealt with grief about cliff Burton. Um, It's like a really interesting time capsule. Um, I do love those. And I will, I will be one of those people who will say that I do like listening to soundtracks on vinyl sometimes, specifically the drive soundtrack. I do have that one from Mondo um, and the only God forgives soundtrack, which is um, their soundtracks by Cliff Martinez, who was original band member for Red Hot Chili Peppers. He does really, really good work. So out of all of the original soundtracks that's, or out of all of my records, those are probably my most vinyl jerky, but also the ones that I'm really glad that I have. Cause I like them a lot. Um, I, I have a couple soundtracks too. I shouldn't say that I have a really yeah. nice pressing of the big Lebowski soundtrack. That's, you know, oh, that's nice. got great music on it. Um, yeah. and then I, my big Mondo soundtrack that I have, well, I have the Shaun of the dead one, but I don't have any of the cool variants. Um, the, uh, I've got the Mondo, uh, home alone soundtrack on pizza colored <laughs> vinyl cheese pizza colored vinyl adam any records that you're hoping to get 
at one point in your life? Uh, Fastest land speed record, maybe. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I'm really proud of a record I already have. It's uh, Bob Marley's Legends, the Ultimate Hits. Uh, it's very oh. rare. Very rare. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if you were joking or not. So I was <laughs> being told I was believing you. <laughs> very, very rare. Very exclusive. You know, it's, just, it's like the 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 ultimate Bob Marley. So of course, you know. of course. Um, yeah, there, there are. Like I said, honestly, that Allison Cross album uh, is mm. high on my list. Uh, but, I mean, I don't know a lot i i would eventually yeah. like to get like the entire Foo fighter discography uh, uh you know stuff like that and then nice actually to, to your point earlier you know I, a lot of the newer bands that i've been discovering um i've been buying their albums on vinyl in in addition to you know like saving them on spotify but like you know i have like a greta van fleet album just because i was like oh i like these guys like why not yeah. and then um what else it was a uh a royal blood uh, oh nice their, their their first album i really like um just because they're kind of a unique band but yeah i mean they're they're a lot on my list but we have uh, I'm, I'm planning on rating my father's stash when we go home so oh yeah you'll have to send send us some pictures so we can claim stuff as well <laughs> I'm sure you'd yeah, appreciate sure. that. <laughs> I probably will not get my hands on any of my dad's records until he dies because he is a he is a possessive collector like I gotcha. am. So right. he'll be like, My records? There's no way you're taking my records. Right. So it's okay. That's it's the it's the the inner capitalist materialist inside my father and I. It's good stuff. <laughs> nice. Anywho. Um any final thoughts or anything, guys? Nope. Cool. Um, well, thanks again, John. This was a lot of fun. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me on. I enjoy yeah, being on. Um, always. You're always welcome on. Um, shall we hop into recommendations and discuss what we are jonesing on right now? Show. Sweet. Um, Adam, we haven't caught up on recommendations from past episodes. Have you listened to any albums or podcasts that I've recommended? Uh, I think so. <laughs> well, <laughs> I keep, I keep, uh, I, I, I say your, your success was, uh, Aether Realm. Um, I, I know, but <laughs> that was six months ago, <laughs> three months ago. <laughs> uh, well else? then anyways, Adam, <laughs> shit. <laughs> so I have been jonesing on and it's pretty well known, but the the new season mm. of the Mandalorian is out. Mm. Um, that's good. Oh boy. That's been, that's been like the highlight of my Fridays is like <laughs> waking up early and, uh, you know, getting my, you know, getting my, uh, my, my, my uh, lucky charm, bowl of lucky charms and watching, <laughs> Mandalorian. watching Mando. Exactly. No, that's we, the, sorry, go ahead. I would say that's the highlight of my 2020 thus far. Oh man. <laughs> Even um, more so that. than the successful election uh, that just right. occurred, but you know. <laughs> Woo. Um, I, we still need to watch some episodes. I think we're kind of waiting until more episodes show up so we can uh, binge it a little bit, but um, you know, this is the way. So um, <laughs> right guys. Yeah. Uh, let me sure, see. Man. What, <laughs> thanks john john do you have any thoughts uh yeah uh i can recommend something 
Um, a show that I got really into um, earlier in quarantine times um, mm. because they they remade it for Amazon. Uh, it's called Utopia, uh, but I would recommend mm. the original British version. Um, it's super good. It's based, I think, now, well, now I don't remember if it's based on a comic book or not, but it sort of revolves around a mm. comic book. And it's uh, it's very good. It's it's uh, like a dark comedy. Uh, it's It can get pretty violent in places, um, mm. but it's a quick watch. I think the first season is like less than 10 episodes. It's six episodes. It's British TV, right? Um, yeah. And it's a really good story. Um, it's, it was on Channel 4. Um, I think you can probably watch it on Amazon, but I'm not sure. But if not, you should uh, you should track it down because it's good, and I definitely recommend it over the um, the remake. It's like heavily stylized, mm-hmm. and a lot of what's cool about it is like the stylistic choices that they make um, to do certain things, and like the way that it looks uh, is yeah. very unique. So, uh, yeah, Utopia. It's a good show. Nice. Check it out. Yeah. I, I just Googled Utopia um, Amazon show. And the first thing that pops up is a time article says, says Amazon's Utopia is the wrong show at the wrong time. <laughs> uh, yeah. They're, so they're plot related. So it's about like a deadly virus. I'll just mm. sort of break that down. So like uh, it can. Yeah. I, I hear what they're saying, but it's good though. <laughs> Well, that's so content, content warning. That's like, yeah, if you're uh, having a lot of COVID anxiety, maybe not for you, but otherwise it's that's good like, and worth watching. That's like going back and watching. Um, I just want rewatched V for Vendetta. Like I do every year around the beginning of November. And it's like, Oh, yeah. this hits way too close to home right now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways. Nice. <laughs> All right, Daniel. Um, all right. Well, this isn't a um, this isn't a new band by any long shot, but I've recently really gotten into uh, the Talking Heads and have been listening to because David Burns uh, released a Broadway uh, concert musicals performance um, last year, um, twenty nineteen, that called American Utopia that is really really good i have not watched the actual like movie but i've listened to the album um and it follows his some there are like some talking head songs on there but there's a lot of his solo stuff on there and he actually covers some songs um so my recommendation adam and john is to listen to american utopia but also to listen to talking head stop making sense just to watch british utopia (laughs) yes but to watch Yes. Okay. Here's the list for every listener. Watch British Utopia. Listen to American Utopia. Listen to Stop Making Sense, which is what this podcast has done. It's Stop Making Sense. (laughs) All right. Well, again, thank you, John. Uh, John is the co host of the podcast Gabagool and Roses, a leftist podcast talking about the Sopranos as they watch through all of the episodes. Um, and I should say, plugs? yeah, sorry. I should say real quick, you don't have to have watched the Sopranos before to, uh, to listen to our podcast. Uh, it's kind of like a dumb, dumb book club where you just watch the episode <laughs> and then you listen to us talk about it. 
uh, and we it's not very serious at all. So it's it's like a comedy slash politics a little bit podcast, and it's yeah. a little bit about The Sopranos. So, uh, but yeah, uh, you can also follow me on Twitter. I'm at Johnny Awful, and yeah, and we can, we're we're in uh, on iTunes, Spotify, all that stuff for Gobble Cool and Roses. Um, nice. So yeah, check us out. Cool. Um, Adam, would you like to run through the social media stuff? I can try. Here we go. So for those who want to follow us on the medias of social, you can find us on Instagram at Passion Fruits Podcast. You can find us on Facebook at Passion Fruits Podcast. And the uh, the one that's always sticks in my craw is our Twitter handle, which is Passion Fruits P2, or just search for Passion Fruits Podcast. Email us at Passion Fruits Podcast at gmail.com. Um, and we also have a blog, which Daniel will give you the URL because it's way too long for me to remember. <laughs> and right. I, never, it's so I, never tough. Can, I never contribute to it anyway, so it's okay. It's, uh, it's Passion Fruits Podcast.home.blog. Really strange <laughs> and how long it is. <laughs> oh, Adam. Well, nice. Yeah. Thank you so much, John. And thank you everybody for listening. Tell your friends about Passion Fruits Podcast. Tell your friends and family about Gabagool and Roses. And we will catch you in another time. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.